Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that Welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Carrick. I teach busy mums who are trying to juggle everything to transform their lives, to lose weight and lead a healthy life so they can feel fit and fabulous. On the Fit and Fabulous podcast, we chat about nutrition, healthy living, emotional wellness in a way that you can apply to your life. I'll show you how to stop being frustrated and overwhelmed with healthy living and how to make it fun and easy. You're invited to sign up to my free New Me workshop. Change your mindset to healthy living in five days. Get to the bottom of those I can't do it thoughts and transform them into wow, it's so easy and fun. You can sign up at drorlina.com slash new me. That's doctor, D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash new line in the middle, me. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I am so glad to report that our life has got back to normal after last week's enormous storm. There was an enormous storm, Storm Gloria, that spread across the whole of our area. Lots of devastation. People were hurt and sadly died. Luckily, we are all safe. The children had three days of school. But now the sun is out and life is back to normal. Today, we are talking about a plant based diet. And exactly what a plant-based diet means, does it mean we can eat any meat? Does it mean we have to go totally vegan? And I'm super excited to invite and chat to Dr. Harriet Home, who is an academic, well she was, she used to work as an academic paediatric doctor, and she is also a registered nutritionist. So she knows all about the research. And that's what I wanted to pick her brains about. Now, before we dive into plant-based diets, I just have a few announcements to make. Number one is that I have a survey going on. I love to survey people from time to time just to find out what you're interested about so that I can create content that you want to hear about. So I would totally love it if you could do that survey. It will only take a couple of minutes and it's on my website, drorlina.com. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com forward slash pages, forward slash survey. And you can find the survey there. So I'd be super excited about that. Now, my second exciting announcement, well, it's kind of a double announcement, is firstly, I have decided that I want to do more coaching hours. And it's my birthday coming up next week. Always a good time to reflect and decide what you want in life. And I have decided, yep, I want to increase my coaching hours. So two things are happening. First of all, I have... Dr. Orlina's Healthy Reboot that is open to purchase now. And it's a two-week program where you basically eat healthily for two weeks. And I will tell you all about that. And there are podcasts that you listen to. So if you're interested in that, feel free to reach out. 
And I have a special offer that is going on at the moment. So the basic package for that is 200 euros. And normally it comes with one coaching package. And at the moment, if you sign up now, it comes with two special coaching packages. So the, the idea behind the coaching is that it really helps you apply this information to your life. So lots of people understand what they're supposed to do. They just can't work out how to do it. And that's how having those individual sessions really helps you just go, oh, I can make this easy and fun and really gives you something to work with and some tools to apply. Now, with my coaching and wanting to do more coaching hours, what I decided I would do is have four slots that are open at a really significantly reduced price from my normal price. So if you're interested in one of those, then feel free to contact me. And what we do is book a chatting session, like a getting to know you session. So you might be thinking, okay, why do I want coaching? So this is what I do with my coaching clients. Really, I work with people who normally are mothers, but you don't have to be a mother. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you my ideal person that I work with. And if you're not that person and you're thinking, oh, I really do want to work with you, but I'm not sure I'm that person, then you can contact me and chat to me. So normally I work with busy mothers, aren't all mothers busy, who work part time and They are keen to lose weight and lead a healthy diet and they want to teach their kids healthy eating as well. And they understand a lot of the science behind it, but what they can't, what they're struggling with is being able to apply it to their own lives, partly because they're so busy. And you're really excited to take this step and go, oh my goodness, yes, I really just, I want to sort this out and I want to nail it and I want to lose weight and I want to lead a healthy life, and I want to feel fit and fabulous. And as we work together, I normally do a six-month coaching session, but this time I've decided that I'm going to do some smaller sessions of just six weeks. So again, if you're interested, we will chat more about this. And we work on nutrition mostly, but also we cover all areas of healthy living. And you have some system tools. Those are the things that I think are a little bit boring, really. But, you know, the things about how we create food, we need to think about these things. But also we work on our thoughts and emotions. And those are the really interesting things, the reasons why we do certain things. So it's a little bit of everything, if that makes sense. But the transformation that I'm looking for you to make is to lose that weight and make sustainable changes so that you go out the other end going, yes, I can do this. This is amazing. And the kind of transformation is I want to lose weight and then you work with me and then you are leading this healthy, amazing life that you love. So if you're interested, just reach out to me. You can reach out to me. You can email me at orlina at drorlina.com. So that's O-R-L-E-N-A at drorlina.com. And we can arrange to have a chat. I think the real secret about coaching is finding that person who clicks. So although I describe a person who I am interested in working with, I really think it's a personality click and that's what we're looking for. So we have to make sure that we're right for each other. So we have a chat to start off with. Okay, let's get back to Dr. Harriet Home and vegetable-based diet. So welcome, Harriet. Harriet, thank you so much for coming. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm really delighted to be here. 
So I am super excited to welcome Harriet because she has an absolute wealth of knowledge and she loves research, which I have to confess, I don't really enjoy reading medical papers. So we are going to pick Harriet's brain today and she's going to tell us all about plant-based diet, excuse me, plant-based diets and specifically talking about what exactly that means, the benefits behind a plant-based diet and what that means in terms of dairy and eggs and meat. So Harriet, would you like to start by just telling us a bit about the research behind plant-based diets, please? There's been a lot of research um, about plant-based diets. And I think, as with any research, there's varying qualities of it. One really important paper that came out last year um, was a paper in The Lancet, which is obviously one of the leading medical journals worldwide, and um, it was part of a series about food planet health and that sort of food can fix it and about what we should be doing, not only for our own health, but also um, for the health of the planet. It really looked at the importance of our diet and how um, a healthy diet, which is full of plants and vegetables, is probably healthier than um, a diet of trans fats and um, junk food and processed meat. So we know that we know that not just through that paper, but other through other studies like the um, Premier study, that um, eating fruit and vegetables is really important for our health. I think what's harder to unpick is whether um, a diet that is just fruit and vegetables is is more healthy than a diet that's that we now sort of call more flexitarian. So that's sort of plant focused. Um, with some red, white meat and some fish. And that's what's been advocated by the Lancet diet. And that um, that paper was published um, with a, a large number of world experts that all went over the, a lot of research and, and came up with, with that based on that evidence. So it's it's not straightforward and there's sort of quite a lot of conflicting evidence, but but really the sort of flexitarian approach is probably um, the way forwards. Fabulous. I am all about the vegetables. And it's interesting you talk, just a little aside, you talk about the health of the planet. I recently saw an article about how people outside of Helsinki have managed to create food from just water and hydrogen. And apparently this is the solution to the planet's um, energy problems. I guess we need to watch that space. But that was kind of interesting. I will leave a link to that article in the show notes. But going back to a flexitarian diet, so yes, we know that fruit and vegetables are amazing and good for us. Mm-hmm. Let's think about the other bits and pieces. So meat, specifically red meat, is a much more controversial area. Do you want to tell us a bit about both sides of the story? I like to have both sides of the story and make up my own mind, if that makes sense. So we know that eating processed meat um, is, is really is not good for you. Um, it increases your risk of all-cause mortality and cardiovascular disease and is now also a grade one carcinogen. So if you can avoid processed meat, so salamis and sausages, the things that really contain nitrites or at least, um, so like bacon, um, if you could at least avoid the, the products with nitrites. So if you do like sausages and bacon and, and uh, salamis, you choose the ones that are nitrite free and they might be better for you. But if you could um, 
follow a diet that's naturally low in red meat, um, we also think that that is increased with increased longevity. And one great example of that is the Mediterranean diet. So the Mediterranean diet is um, is full of whole grains, fruit, vegetables, um, lots of uh, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, and and is is low in red meat. It's much more uh, about fruit and vegetables and some white meat and some fish. Um, so we think that there is a slight increase uh, in in risk of disease with um, red meat, and in contrast, that has not been seen with if you eat poultry or fish. We know as well that fish is a really great source of omega three, and that if you eat omega fish, um, omega three in the in the fish a couple of times a week, that that actually has been shown that it's beneficial for you know, so it reduces your risk of heart disease. So sorry, going back to that omega three, that's specifically oily fish rather than white fish. And also, yes. if you think about things like anchovies, which you can use, you know, to flavour things rather than have as a yes. protein. Do you know what I mean? Like a lump of meat. Absolutely. Yeah. How little can you get away with? Um, I, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head uh, exactly what the. I, I don't think there's. I don't think we really know, to be honest. I, I certainly wouldn't be able to give you a figure on how little you can get away with. I think. I think part of this is about having something that's a sustainable and um, and that that fits in with your lifestyle. And if you can eat omega three at least two times or twice a week. Um, you're you're really only going to sort of probably help your diet and help your health. Um, so if you like anchovies, try and eat a few more of them. Or you know, oily fish, there's mackerel and salmon and and uh, lots of different ways of incorporating that into your diet. I don't think we know that too much is harmful for you. Um, so I'd, I'd go with err on the side of having it more frequently than less frequently. So here's another question. Which is we see some people saying red meat is really, really good for us. Let's eat lots of protein. And then on the other side, we have people saying, no, no, it should, you should be vegan and meat is bad for you. And I think it's really difficult for people to get, well, that huge, great contrast mm. and finding, well, A, understanding why some people say that and really then understanding what their idea is. So I think the um, the basis of having lots of red meat for you is really good for you. Probably comes from things like the you know the keto diets and the low carbohydrate diets. There is a lots of concern still about those diets. So the keto diet was developed. So the ketogenic diet was developed for children with intractable epilepsy, where all other treatments had failed, and it was only ever designed to be a short term change. And it certainly wasn't meant to be lifelong or, or to, to be long term. And we don't really know what the outcome um, of doing the ketogenic diet long term is. And also, we don't know what the what the what the side effects, what the outcome is of doing it in adults that don't have epilepsy and and don't have you know medical problems. So I think if you're having a ketogenic diet, a lot of your food will be protein and um, and fat and red meat will be included in that. So while red meat might provide you with B12 and, and iron, there are, are healthier ways of getting that. And I think that there is evidence that, um, you know, having a diet high in red meat um, increases your risk of things like colorectal cancer. So I think if you can be plant focused and have 
you know, mainly poultry and, and fish, but, you know, occasionally red meat. I think that that's probably a, a way of, of having a healthier diet that's sustainable for you. If you decide to, uh, I think part of the problem arises when you have a really restrictive set of um, conditions. So veganism is obviously plant based, but comes with a set of restrictions and that makes it much harder to stick to. Um, because people often find they're in a sort of all or nothing approach that they're either 100% vegan or they've fallen off the wagon and then they will, will sort of opens the door to eat anything. That if you can, um, and, and you can also be a really unhealthy vegan and just live on dark chocolate. If you could be plant focused and have a sort of more flexible, flexitarian approach where you're the bulk of your, your you know, you're eating, you're trying to sort of incorporate as many fruits and vegetables into your diet with her whole grains and healthy fats and you have some poultry and some omega-3 you know some oily fish that then a little bit of red meat when you fancy it isn't really as much of a you know as a problem and what about the quality of the meat i hear a lot of people talk about quality of meat and it makes sense that you want you know cows and sheep that have been grazing on the Pyrenees and mm-hmm. and being allowed to roam free. But the reality is, is that most meat is farmed, whether it's organic or not. And most farmers use antibiotics, even in organic meat. So how do we know that the meat we have is good quality and what's in the meat? Or perhaps we don't. I, th- I think, um, unfortunately, we don't. And it's um, hard to do those studies, partly because who would you do them on so much of as you say that the meat is farmed um you'd need big numbers in order to look at the difference in diet you know health outcomes between people that eat farm meat and people that don't and we just don't have those and i don't think there's the appetite for anyone to do that research um i think it sort of makes um it sort of theoretically might make sense that eating organic food where you know the, the cows are out in pasture and are not inside a, a shed just being you know fed non-organic meal um would would make sense and would be healthier and uh but we just don't have that data i don't think there's any been ev- any convincing evidence that organic food is better for you um but probably we really don't know that we don't know what the long-term um health impact is because there are so many different confounders and um, we haven't really been farming intensively long enough to work it out but given that um protein is or meat is quite expensive if you're only eating a small amount then you can spend the same amount of money and buy higher quality meat and make it a treat and say you know this is a friday evening special thing that we do rather than something that we eat every single day absolutely and so I would always try and have higher welfare eggs and meat and um, and organic where possible. But I'd have to caveat that, that with that, you know, we don't know that that is necessarily better for you. It, it feels like it should be better for you. But whether it is, we can't be sure. But I think if you can reduce your you know, fertilizer burden from the food you're eating, um, that can only probably only a good thing. And I guess if we're thinking about impact on the environment actually you want as locally produced as possible and I always say I'm so super lucky because we have a market every single day here and I buy my apples directly off the growers which come from 20 minutes away so you know it's thinking about all of these things rather than just one thing or another thing so Moving on, what about eggs and dairy? Because in the podcast I did a few weeks ago, having looked at the book 
How Not to Die, in which he basically says eggs and dairy are bad and advocates a vegan diet, which made me think, oh my goodness, perhaps I need to rethink eggs and dairy. Whereas previously I have, with the flexitarian, a little bit of these things amongst lots and lots of vegetables. But I want to know, and I'm sure all my listeners want to know, if these things are really bad for us, then I'm going to stop eating them. But I find them useful and tasty. So what am I going to do? I think there's the jury is still out from the evidence that I've seen that milk and eggs are 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 definitely bad for you. Um, certainly, the paper in the Lancet um, does not say that you should be excluding those. I think um, if you if it, if you want to choose to to avoid them and choose to have plant based milk, then um, you need to sort of be mindful that dairy products are an important source of calcium in our diet and that. When you choose a plant-based milk, you should choose one that um, is fortified with calcium. And um, we also know that iodine is really important, um, especially in the diet of pregnant breastfeeding women, and that um, dairy products and fish are really important iodine-rich food. So again, if you're vegan and um, having plant-based milk, um, that you have either a milk that's supplemented with iodine which they're just just so oakley for example has just started supplementing with iodine um that that you are mindful that you you need to be sure that you're getting your micronutrients um either through supplementation or being really careful so and and again eggs are really important source of selenium um and eggs are just generally quite useful in a diet and um, for, for making food more palatable in some regards and for cooking. But we just don't have the evidence that we should that excluding eggs from our diet is 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 going to be you know significantly healthier. So I think that the jury is still out really on it. Um, while some people are presenting that vegan food is more healthy, certainly other people are presenting the the opposite that not the opposite, but certainly that you could have a flexitarian plant focused diet with poultry, fish, dairy and, and eggs and and uh, and still be healthy. And playing devil's advocate, there is a certain amount of enjoying life. And yes, of course, we want to have as healthy as we can. And I'm all for making healthy, fun and easy. But when you whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down, and you can't eat this and you can't eat that. And suddenly, you're living off I don't know, cabbage the whole time. And I love cabbage, but I think it is about variety and getting that balance right. Absolutely. And I I think at the end of the day, food is so much more than just the nutrients we eat. We don't just eat nutrients, we eat food and food is really social. And um, it's really important to have food that you like, you can make and that, um, that fits in with your lifestyle and is sustainable. And it's far more... You know, if you like egg and dairy and you're you're going to um, eat more fruit and vegetables because you combine them with a bit of egg and dairy, um, you're going to have a far healthier diet than if you really struggle with veganism for two weeks and then go back to eating, you know, what you ate before. So I think it's all about making small changes um, and all those small changes add up. And if you can just change slowly, um, improve your diet and be mindful of healthy choices and not have a set of, you know, draconian restrictions, which are, are hard to implement. It's um, a much more sustainable approach to it. Been, I mean, there's good evidence that if you have uh, restrictions on your diet, 
that you crave those and that you then are more likely to go through binge in diet binge cycles or restriction binge cycles and that that um that isn't great for your long-term health and just going back to um non-dairy milk so plant milks and I think people have this idea that often they are more environmentally friendly. And that is not always the tru- truth. So, for example, I was reading recently that in California, they have huge, huge, great fields of almond trees because everybody drinks almond milk. And actually, these fields are so, so large that there are bugs that grow in them that wouldn't grow if it was a smaller field. And the farmers then use, um, they hire out bees, or they hire in bees, I should say, to pollinate the flowers However, what's happening is these bugs are now eating all the bees and so they can't get the bees in because the people who own the bees are clearly saying, well, we don't want all our bees to be eaten. And that's creating, you know, a problem for almond growers in California. And I'm sure there's other examples, but that's just one example. Yeah, I I agree with that. But also I think there's sort of um, an irrigation issue that um, you see with growing almonds. They're not the healthiest um, thing for the planet to be growing. Um, so I think that that really promotes my sort of preferred product is, is oat milk and certainly oatly at the moment with you know calcium fortification and iodine fortification, I think is a really important source of nutrients in a vegan diet. Unless, of course, you live in Spain and we have almond trees growing in our local park and I just go and pick them up off the floor. <laughs> wow. OK, you're very lucky. I know. I know. When I found out in the autumn, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And my son climbs up the tree and shakes it and all the almonds come down. That sounds really fun. <laughs> OK, so what you're saying is essentially it's all about the vegetables, the fruit and vegetables, which I love because that is my message in life. And... Although there are concerns about dairy and eggs, at the moment, we don't have enough evidence to exclude them. And so basically eat them in moderation. Absolutely. And can I ask you what you eat? What does your diet look like? So I I eat a flexitarian diet. I eat plant-based, so plant sort of focused, fruit and vegetables, whole grain, healthy fats. And I eat uh, poultry and and fish. Um, and occasionally I do go and have a steak when I fancy it. Um, it's probably not very often. It's probably once every six months or maybe more often, but, um, I don't restrict myself. So if I fancy, I, I eat what I fancy. Um, but I'm mindful of, of healthy choices. Um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much what I eat. And do you eat I, organic meat or not organic meat? I always choose organic meat where possible and I eat eat i also drink some plant milk and some cow's milk um i've been dairy free for two years um completely dairy free when my both my children had cow's milk protein allergy and were allergic to to dairy so um i was uh dairy free and soya free the first one and dairy and soya and gluten as well with the other one so um I think that the choices out there now are hugely different compared to when I first gave up dairy four years ago, four and a half years ago. There's so many different milks available everywhere, well, certainly in the UK and in, especially in London. Every cafe's got a variety of plant-based milk. So it's a lot more achievable and it's a lot easier to follow that diet. Um, but I, I like actually, I like Oatly Skinny for coffee. It froths beautifully. Um, but I, I so like you cow- do, you do have dairy in your diet now. You just excluded it for your son's benefit Absolutely. rather than yeah. 
yeah, I, I reintroduced it. I, I missed cheese, actually, um, was the main thing. And for a long time, I didn't drink. I, I kept on um, on uh, on plant-based milk and just ate cheese um, for probably a couple of years, actually. And then I just reintroduced it back into my diet and then gave it up again. So when my when my daughter was born. Um, so I think have a bit of what you fancy. For me, I swap between oatly and cow's milk, have some for some things and some for others. Um, I don't think there's any real benefit between goat's milk or cow's milk. They're probably all fairly similar, but I, I will only drink organic milk. Um, I, per personal preference, I, I won't have it if it's not organic. Um, and, and then I, I drink oatly, but I don't drink the organic oatly because um, the organic one means that they can't fortify it. So I think that's a, a really important choice there to, or, you know, information to know that um, while I eat everything else that's organic, um, I don't choose that for the oatly so that I, I make sure it's fortified with the calcium and the iodine. Okay. And I, another thing I'd say about almond milk is, I don't know about in the UK, but in Spain, normally the almond milk is sugared and it's difficult here to find non-sugared almond milk. Yeah, so it's become much easier over here to find unsweetened almond milk. But again, um, a lot of it is is not fortified. And so I try and steer clear of it. And I, I don't think it's a great milk for children to be having a sweetened milk, um, which is why I keep coming back to, to oat-based milk. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. Any last words of wisdom you would like to share with us? Um, I think it's just all about small, small changes and being kind to yourself, um, intuitive eating when you're hungry and, um, and not having a huge set of restrictions and, and just really focusing on, you know, fruit and vegetables, whole grain where you can. So brown bread, brown rice, um, and, and then make sure you're having healthy fats. Don't exclude fat. Fat isn't, isn't bad. And, um, as long as it's the, the healthy type and have a bit of what you fancy occasionally fabulous and where can people find you so you can either find me on my website which is www.healthyeatingdr so doctor.com and i've got the same um healthy eating dr um handle on instagram so please come and join me i talk about um nutrition myths and try and do some myth busting and education on there fabulous thank you very much thank you it's been a pleasure Thank you for listening to this episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina. If you enjoyed it, I would be really grateful if you could share it with a friend. Every time you share a podcast episode with a friend, it helps me to reach and help more people. Remember, you're welcome to sign up for the new me challenge. Dig out those I can't do it thoughts and replace them with, wow, this is easy and fun. You can sign up at drlina.com slash new me. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A dot com slash new dash in the middle me. Have a lovely week and see you next week. Goodbye.